This is episode 219 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Control and Compound Financial. They teach real estate investors how to multiply their wealth using infinite banking strategies. For a complimentary wealth coaching session or to learn more, visit www.controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines. Welcome back to the show. Today I have Mohit Kenyon on the show. And uh, Mohit was a guy that I was not familiar with. He messaged me on Instagram and wow is he ever interesting just such a nice guy so so accomplished as an entrepreneur he came over to canada from india in 2016 finished a master's had already developed his own uh painting business up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars in sales at that point uh, then he moved to Kitchener, took on a uh, job at Amazon while he built out his ro- real estate portfolio. Um, he had some good timing in the market, sold at the right time with uh, a bunch of the stuff that he had bought in Windsor, Ontario. And then he bought a gas station. And man, was it ever cool to go through the numbers on this gas station. Uh, we're talking 35% plus return on investment annually uh, are the numbers we came up with on this show going through uh, what he's collecting, $30,000 a month in cash flow. Uh, just absolutely wild and a cap rate of over 15%. Now, there's a lot to know when you're going to invest in a gas station. There's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of regulation, environmental concerns. But I consider that hazard pay. If you're into that type of an industry, you get compensated for being in that industry. I always suspected that gas stations made a lot of money and this episode sort of confirmed that. So it was really cool talking and digging deep on how Mohit keeps this business profitable, how he grows the profit and what the key factors are. I could have interviewed him for multiple hours. Like we spent most of this episode talking about that gas station. So super interesting guy, super interesting story. I think you're gonna get a lot out of this. I certainly enjoyed myself uh, on the interview. I wanna remind you that we have the GTA West REI meetup happening on the 20th of April at West Ave Cider again. They were kind enough to host us the first time. They've agreed to have us back. Uh, We absolutely love Loved the establishment. Uh, Our last meetup was fantastic. Such a great turnout of people. So many investors that are just filled with wisdom. Uh, Some new, some very, very accomplished already. Uh, People sharing stories. If that sounds good to you, I highly recommend you come join us. Uh, Join through the link in the show notes of this episode. Uh, Make sure that you're in our private Facebook group because that's where the events are posted. You'll need to be in there so that you can get on the events. And uh, I would really look forward to seeing you there. So without further ado, let's uh, jump into the episode with Mohit Kenyon. Please enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Mohit Kenyon on the show. Mohit, tell me about how we came to be sitting here together. (laughs) So I've been following you from uh, over a year now. And I've been uh, seeing all your podcasts the day it drops on Sundays. I watch them and then I reached out to you, I think, on Instagram once. And then uh, you connected me with your uh, team and they reached out to me and that's when we finalized it. And I think they reached out to me a few days back. They said, hey, there's a slot open yeah. up. If you want to come by, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I won't miss this. <laughs> so I try and stay ahead on the recordings. Yeah. But yeah, now every once in a while, just with timing, it's like, yeah. oh, we're out of episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this one will air pretty quick yeah. next weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, it's good good having you here. Thanks for driving over from Kitchener, right? Yes, and you just briefly told me some stuff you're up yeah. to uh, right before gas station being one of them. Yes. But give me the backstory, like wh- where your inspiration to start real estate investing came from mm-hmm. and, you know, the bullet points of what you did and you know what you did next. So I started, so I came to Canada in 2016, uh, September as an international student for my master's in University of Windsor. So when I came here and then I got, I started working part-time in Walmart along with my full-time master's course. And then I quickly realized that uh, there was some students in University of Windsor were doing some uh, business as a student during their summertime. So it was like college pro painting franchise. Okay. And that's when I really am like, oh, this seems pretty straightforward. And I met those guys. They're like, yeah, this is how we do it. I'm like, yeah, I can pull it off. <laughs> college pro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I signed up for it, ran that business while being a full-time student uh, for two years then in okay. Windsor itself. Did pretty well for myself. First year, we did almost uh, uh, 120. Second year, we went up to uh, 250 and then uh, kept growing uh, after that. But then it reached a point where like, hey, do I really want to like run a painting business or do I want to like, you know, maybe grow into a real business? So like 
kind of grew out of that business quickly. It's I find it fascinating. Mm. Like that that's a thing mm. like college pro like that that painting franchises mm. are a successful thing like when any of us could just go to the paint store get supplies and go out and start painting. Sure. Yes. What is it about what they do that it's, makes it work? I think it's convenience. One that's the biggest factor. Yeah. That uh, like we would definitely target certain uh, like uh, areas in the city where we know like yeah. that's a high income group. They wouldn't want to yeah. wouldn't want to paint themselves. And then you know one is like people would really like us just because we were students. They like students. Yeah, yeah. and we were, like you know going in our shorts, <laughs> marketing door knocking. So a lot of people would really like just the like the overall they concept support, of college yeah. pro. So I think that played a huge part in early success of even though we didn't have any experience whatsoever yeah. painting, we're like, hey, you kids are kids, you know, just try it out, you know, let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, tell me about making the decision to come from India, stay here. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it always sure that you wanted to stay here or? Was that something that you were open to going going back? So, I uh, so initially I hadn't had any plan. I did my undergrad uh, in Delhi, which is the capital uh, city of India. So I did my there, and I started working for a startup. So I was really into like, hey, I want to do a startup, some sort of a tech startup. Yeah. So I got into some people in there, and then eventually that startup didn't work out. It got closed after six months. I joined in. I'm like, oh, it's. <laughs> then the reality hit me. Like you know, it's not that easy. So then I started exploring my options. So uh, like, and then uh, I think one of my uh, cousins, he is in UK. So he said like, hey, why don't you come to UK and then do your masters here, then figure out what you want to do from there on. Mm-hmm. So uh, luckily, my family is well off back home as well. And now they moved here uh, with me, my mom and dad. So and then that's where the point in like, okay, you know, what's the final place? So my sister, in the meantime, my sister is uh, was getting married. My brother-in-law was in US. So she's moving to okay. US uh, permanently. And so I only have one sister, so it's just two of us. So now she moves there. Then I'm like, okay, can I, I should just natural choice was to go to US. Yeah. But then uh, I see the expenses, student part, then it just didn't make sense for me to spend like so many, like, you know, 100,000, over 100,000 dollars to master's in US. And then US, yeah, uh, yeah this is uh, like, uh, even after, once you like do a master's there or do any sort of studies, like especially for being an international student, you, this just rules are always changing. Like there's just no certainty. Like, hey, can you stay there as a work permit? Yeah, it's a lot more yeah. uh, red tape Correct. Yeah. from it, their immigration yes. standpoint. Yeah. yeah, getting visas mm-hmm. and stuff. They're rigid. Whereas Canada, I think, is just a door wide open. Oh, yeah, it's pretty pro, much. Yeah, it's pretty. So, yeah. And one is like there's a consistency in the approach. So, you know, OK, if I do this, 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 if I want to stay after my studies, I can do that. So you felt that the chance of you being able to stay was higher in Canada? Uh, me being able uh, after like at least work few years after I completed my studies. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, okay, so now there is a, a like, okay, I know I'm definitely going to be there for three years yeah. at least if I want to. I can come back uh, before that as well. But at the same time, now I know I can, if I spend this much money even to go to a, like a new country, I would at least get to work there for few yeah. years. Yeah. And that was in the case both in UK and US. Mm-hmm. So that was the main deciding factor in Canada. Once I came here and I started uh, like uh, running, uh, like started like the, I think one of the main driver was once I came here and I got those early success in my life, which mm-hmm. I haven't experienced in India at that time, just because I didn't, in India, like you don't have a work culture of students working a lot. It's just like no. the parents kind of pays for you uh, until you kind of graduate. Okay. Yeah. So that's like, uh, you know, that's a cultural thing. I really want to understand more about Indian culture in that way, because like it's a Commonwealth country too, right? So technically you have fee simple uh, title ownership. Mm Could you not run a flipping business in India or would you just... No, it's just, I just, because I think it's just one is like uh, in India, entrepreneurship is not, like now it has changed a lot, but it wasn't celib- as much celebrated for you to okay. be doing those things uh, and as it is over here. So people really get encouraged to do it. In India, it's like, okay, you, everyone, so like one thing that every like Indian student or Indian kids are being taught is like, okay, you got to study, study, yeah. go bachelor's. And then if you are good enough in studies, you could definitely gonna go for master's. And then you go start yeah. exploring your option for work. I feel like like some of our, our most aggressive yeah. business businessmen and women over here are Indian origin. Oh yes, yeah. Because the the people who come over here, yeah. like they're that's why they're coming. Because yeah. they want they want to be entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's a huge difference. And then like you know, just an overall environment is way better here for business. In mm-hmm. India, that wasn't the case. Like you like uh, like there was a saying so they like. If, if someone can succeed in business in India, yeah. you can literally make like, uh, you know, a mark in the rest of the world just because it's so difficult. There's no yeah. red tape in there. But if you can still make it there, then you can make yeah. it anywhere. Then you have, you, everywhere else is going to be a cakewalk for you. 
and that kind of reflects in a lot of you know yeah. big US tech companies have those Indian CEOs because they came from a background right. where they have done so, so much. Families that are well off in India, yeah. how did they build their wealth? Uh, mostly, uh, I think real estate is a huge part of it. So I um, came from a part of uh, India where like most of the, like my father was a land owner. It's a uh, land that came from my grandfather. It's and kinda, did, did and he then develop he kept, it? Yeah. Okay. So he kept, uh, kept buying more and more. And then we eventually opened up uh, some uh, factories in there. And then uh, like, that's how my dad mm-hmm. just keep buying more and more. So even if you don't do it, even if you keep it as an agricultural land, just because there's urbanization is happening in India at a quick yeah. pace. So those land values just kept keep going up. And is that because the population in it's India the population is increase and then yeah. it's just like a lot more there's a big push from the government as well toward the urbanization so like okay. they just keep expanding on the big cities and then it kind of goes yeah. into the smaller area and then just overall the value goes up so that's a huge trend I think that's where we kind of made most of our mark back home cool. as well yeah okay so we've got a different flavor with this episode but I want to keep going on this so what's your favorite thing about being over here and your least favorite thing Okay, so uh, least favorite, I would say, is definitely the weather. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) Uh, And I would say the favorite thing is uh, overall, uh, like, uh, what I have done in my, like, six years of journey since I came here. Six, seven years almost now. So, of journey, what I've been able to achieve on my own without Mm -hmm. uh, little to no help from my, like, family or friends or anyone else. I think that's a huge part that I would give credit to Canada. Like, okay. yeah, I think this could have only happened in either in Canada or if US would have allowed me to yeah. stay in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that what just from having spent time in both countries, I I think what you see in Canada, it's like you put that on steroids in the I US. Know, like the entrepreneurship in the US yes. is just like that much more encouraged, yeah. much more capitalist society. Mm-hmm. But I get what you're saying. Like, even compared to UK, I think Canada is far more entrepreneurial. Correct. Definitely, yeah. 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 Like, my sister lives in US, so I can see her business growth, how they grew up to mm-hmm. be in US. And it's just like, I'm like, I would go there and then I would say something mm-hmm. like, man, you guys do like sometimes like half the work that we do and kind of yeah. get so much back in return from there on. But uh, I think the Canada, like the real estate is being one of the factors that you can really generate uh, yeah. wealth quickly. And that could be done in the US too. Yes. Um, you know, you, you just have to do it on a different scale. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, this is a, a path I was looking at mm-hmm. is doing the investor visa because mm-hmm. you can take your money from real estate in Canada, invest it down there mm-hmm. into an active real estate business. And, get, and is that the one way you have to invest 100000 something? Yeah, yeah, they say loosely yeah. 100000 mm-hmm. Depends on the type though. That's yeah, not a guaranteed approval. Yeah, yeah the mm-hmm. E2. Um, so yeah, I've started that process, just haven't really continued with it, but that's, you know, that's something that I think now that Ontario is throwing out more, uh, more rules to make it even more difficult for landlords, it's just going to encourage, and I know so many people already, already taking their money South. It's going to encourage a lot more to do that too. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on that track as well. Uh, this has been already in talks at the moment I got my Canadian citizen, which is few months back. Yeah. And my, so I had like, you know, I've been talking with my sister, like, hey, how can I move there? Maybe <laughs> not now, like sure. a few years down the line, but I, I'm already yeah. setting myself up for that move eventually. Yeah. Uh, like, and now we're just looking for the better opportunities yeah. there because there's no rush to it. So as long as the opportunity comes in, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll be ready to make the move there. Yeah, that's what entrepreneurs do, right? Like, yeah. and I think I, I recognize this myself young is mm-hmm. like, I, I used to work in a, a hotel and I was dishwasher and mm-hmm. I saw the servers and they were working a lot less hard than me and making tips. And <laughs> I'm like, I should do that. <laughs> and when all the other guys just said stay dishwashers, yeah. I, I switched over. And, you know, so if I saw somebody was doing something mm-hmm. smarter and better, and I'm not saying that all things in the U.S. Yeah. are that way, yeah. not at all. But if I saw a clear opportunity, mm-hmm. um, I think it was always my personality to say, OK, I'm going to go do that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's where the U.S. comes in is like as you see something getting a little more difficulty there, difficult here, there seems to be a lot of opportunity there. Yes. And uh not that I'm not buying here. I'm just uh, buying something else here right now, which I'm not going to get into detail on. But uh, yeah, so there's obviously opportunity in both. But let's get back to what you're doing and your story. So um, most people I've interviewed who came over from India did some sort of computer science related degree. I'm just calling it like I've seen it. Uh, is that what you did? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't do that. I did like uh, automotive engineering from okay. the So yeah, I, that's like, new for yeah. me. Like, I, everyone else is <laughs> like... Majority of us does that. But yeah, I wish I would have done that as well. I think opportunity would have been even better. But yeah, I'm happy with what I did. But yeah, that's... Okay, so you're a car guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I was uh, until that point. But once I get in there... Because I think the level of education that I found in University of Windsor for the master's program 
was not what i really expected and that's where i kind of gave up and then most of the opportunities for uh, like the higher paying jobs were in us as well mm-hmm. and i couldn't work because i was on a work permit at that time i was student yeah. visa so there's no point for me then i really made a switch in my like in my second semester i'm like okay i'm just going to finish it for the sake of it and mm-hmm. i'm just going to move into doing some sort of business or something else okay so then yeah. you knew you wanted to do business so you yeah. graduated in 2018 2018 yes Okay, from your masters, yeah. and then did you buy a property right away? Like, so I so because uh, like I bought my first property in uh, end of twenty uh, eighteen, and mm-hmm. then uh, joined Amazon at the same time because I really because at that time I was doing the mortgage part, but I didn't really pay, pay attention to the part like hey you. you know uh, you need to have like certain amount of income to get qualified and all that mm-hmm. once i because i already knew like the amount of money people were making or how good they were doing when i was mm-hmm. doing those painting business i met a lot of people who were doing flipping so we would mm-hmm. paint the houses for them so kind of gotten into a idea of like okay this is what i really want to mm-hmm. do eventually yeah. and then uh, figuring out the mortgage part where then the amazon opportunity came in uh, they paid me uh, pretty well from the starting salary i got there as a area manager i'm like and then the i got in as soon as i completed my first 3 months got my mortgage uh, okay so so you already had built your credit yes <laughs> you finished the 3 month probation yes. now, you, now yeah. you're getting a mortgage yeah got the mortgage yeah. and then got up already had a i own a property that i really wanted Mm-hmm. because i lived in windsor i really wanted to invest in the south windsor area which is near to the college stay away from the university because houses quality wasn't that good over there okay and like uh, so invested in south windsor got first one and then the eventually got uh, two more properties in the yeah. same neighborhood so these were just investment properties yeah these were just investment and now properties. for for your home you're just renting something yeah i was okay. renting so i was living in at that time living in mississauga once i joined amazon okay i was living in mississauga brampton area and then uh, i kept investing in windsor because Mm-hmm. Uh, like one easy entry for me well and you knew it right and i like, knew it very well where yeah. to invest and then uh, same thing with all the contractors and everything i knew everything back of my hand like easy to manage kept doing it and then the covid happened yeah and then uh, i bought then uh, we ended up buying a few more properties in private sale from the every house that we lived in windsor as a student we bought we lived in two different houses we bought both the property from you bought the, them from the landlord yeah, from the landlord so <laughs> la- i knew landlord wanted to sell them so the yeah. moment he's uh showed some interest around so one of my friend who was living in that property at that time he messaged me like hey the landlord is selling his property that's interesting because yeah. i find like it's the natural tendency of these people they want to just see what they can get on the market yeah you know they oh i got an opinion from a realtor they yeah. say i can get this and the realtor had always boosted them yes, up yes yes yeah. yeah and then that's yeah. what he he did contact his realtor but his realtor suggested him to make some improvements to the property yeah and then i think his personal situation didn't allow him to do that at right. that time right okay so you had a unique situation so, there a unique situation same yeah. uh, uh, situation with both the properties that we bought from him he had to do some work and he was a kind of a guy who would i he has to do any work he would do it himself Oh, okay. And I think his personal situation didn't allow him to do that at that time. That's where we came in. I'm like, just leave it as it is. Let's just mm-hmm. agree on a price, and then yeah. we go from there. Yeah, let me do it. Yeah. yeah, and then I'm like, you ended up facing like because there was no realtor involved whatsoever. I'm like, we go to the lawyer and just do the transaction. You kind of save all your realtor fee as well, and plus there is just no headache involved in renovating the property. Nice. Yeah, so that's where we kind of got into it, and then the COVID happened. Everything prices, most of them like doubled. Yeah. In few years in COVID, so then we started selling in 2021. So great sold. timing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that time I was like, okay, now I need to move towards the GTA investing because yeah. now I have built enough equity, and now I I was inching towards starting my own family as well. I'm like, now I need a house to live in as well. Yeah. So that's when I start. I sold uh, one property. Uh, started selling the first the ones that we bought from our landlord. So we made roughly 100k on both of them once we sold them. and then uh, after that uh, i ended up leveraging the other properties that i bought in south windsor through heloc mm-hmm. and then uh, one through refinancing and that's when we really like south windsor property gave us a, like a big return mm-hmm. in terms of what we sold them the one property we almost made uh, half a million in like 6 months or so Oh. Because of the timing of I it. actually, uh, yeah, Marco was on the show. He was telling me about yeah. that. Marco Agbaba. He, yeah. I think he did that half a million yeah. in about less than a year on yeah, a property yeah. like in Windsor. We, yeah, we had like yeah. six months. Yeah, it was just I think the timing how we bought it and when we sold it just worked naturally. It wasn't planned, and that kind of allowed me to. Then I ended up buying in Kitchener, and then I'm like, okay, I can live in this property. Uh, and then uh, eventually came across more opportunities in Kitchener. I'm like, okay, let's just uh, get into more. 
in Kitchener and then uh, so that became your market Kitchener? then yeah then mm-hmm. I then I moved into Kitchener and then I was the time like I was uh, in a way like I was very comfortable in my Amazon job as well I got uh, promoted few times so I was making mm-hmm. good almost 165k per year ish okay. uh, yeah and then I'm like that okay. helps qualify for the mortgages oh yeah for sure yeah and but then, that's almost like golden handcuffs because hmm. The real push is to go to commercial. Yes. And then you don't need to qualify personally anymore. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And that's where it was like, okay, now I was at a point where I'm like, I want to leave a full-time work and now I can just jump into the business because now mm-hmm. I had seen enough success. COVID was kind of dwindling down at that time. I'm like, okay, these properties are going to go. This time we had in last year or two is going to end very soon. Yeah. And now we got to you know, start looking into other avenues to make that kind of money. So that that's when we're like, okay, let's buy some sort of commercial business because in order for me to leave my mm-hmm. Amazon full-time work because at that time I was about to get married my parents were moving into Canada as well mm-hmm. uh, so like so the entire family would like you know I have to support them now like what do we do like keep working on it so then we came into like okay let's just buy some sort of commercial business uh, we looked at the plazas uh, like then the obviously range doesn't work and then I'm like okay what uh, how much money can I get on my own maybe I have to bring in a partner uh, in order to acquire it. And that's when I met uh, the few guys who were uh, on a few gas stations, mm-hmm. mostly some in GTA, some in up north as well. So I started talking to them, met them a few times. I'm like, okay, how does this business work? So it is capital int- int- intensive if you buy with the land, obviously. Yeah, there's. Oh, this is going to be a good topic. Uh, I'm yeah. looking forward to getting into yeah. this because I don't think we've ever dug into a gas yeah. station yeah. on this show. Mm-hmm. But okay, so a couple of things off the top that I've noticed about gas stations yeah. is I think you have to replace the tanks every ten years. Uh, if you like now, I think with the if you get the fiberglass one, okay. then you can get away with even more. But uh, yeah, the one we got, they were just it's a new gas station like built two years back, brand new. So then you have eight yeah. years on yeah, the yeah. clock. So eight years on the clock. But I did discuss with the banks as well. But they said now we can get up to more than ten as well if it's fiberglass. Okay. And they do, do we have to get some uh, like in I think uh, environment test done for that? So as long as those ones we did, they came out pretty good last. So time. you did your phase one environmental phase two, phase two. Phase two yeah. You always have to go past phase one I think with yeah, the gas yeah, station. Yeah, yeah. So phase two would involve soil testing. Soil testing, correct. Yeah, and what what do those typically end up costing? Like twenty grand. Twenty grand, roughly. Yeah. It would take twenty grand. Yeah. yeah, phase one can be under five. Yeah, that can. Be but under. you're going right through both, so yeah. you're into like twenty five right yeah. off the bat, and then if they find something phase three would involve remediation would it yeah it okay. would be more, more but then that would yeah. uh, would be a deal killer if that happens so you're looking for a gas station if you're gonna buy yeah. that has a, a clean phase two they yeah. test the soil it's mm-hmm. good so meaning that the tanks have stayed sealed yeah. hasn't contaminated the land Correct. around it yes because so technically later on that could be turned into a residential oh, yeah. neighborhood for sure. yeah for okay sure. yeah, yeah. so that was the main point in there and then uh, now look for the one which is already stable because a gas station can be very capital intensive let's say if you try to build something from mm-hmm. ground up and uh, so we were looking okay like uh, my where where i'm good at is maybe because i just don't have enough knowledge of the industry but uh, if there is something that i can add on to the existing business to increase the value of it and then i kept mm-hmm. getting that cash flow from it and then maybe eventually sell it in a few years or mm-hmm. like however we want to keep it but there has to be that opportunity for us to grow opportunity to grow yeah, yeah. And then that would be our exit route as well. Because the like, uh, and then that's where I'm like, okay, now we started looking around, uh, like talk to a few people who own, like if anyone owns a gas station, which is worth like a few million dollars, they would like more or less, they would own like multiple of them. So like, that's something that I would found. And then uh, like, luckily for me, like there's a lot of uh, people from Indian community who owns a lot of them in there so, so that was so you had some of, people you could ask questions oh, yeah to. it's just like yeah. yeah it was easy to for me to find those people who really into those businesses so there's few people who met who really guided me through the entire process like hey what what you should look into if you really want to grow it and then eventually exit that in few years so these are the few things that you look at the one thing we found is cash station uh along with the convenience store which has more than enough space where you can add some sort of a quick uh like you know uh, like a fast food restaurant maybe it a franchise or anything else because yeah. A restaurant might not have enough value on its own, but since if it's attached to a gas station in the same building, it adds up to your synergy. So you were saying that uh, that you wanted an expansion opportunity, and yes. I'm big on that too, mm. because at the end of the day, it's not worth putting all the energy into something if you yes. can't grow it. Can't grow, yes. Because I think a lot of people they, and this was my early frustration mm. in real estate investing, is I'd buy smaller properties and I'd realize how much of my time went into each one. I'm like, how could I possibly scale this? Mm. And that's actually what led me to buy the campground up mm. north is because 
we knew that with 90 acres, we could yeah. come up with new ideas. We yes. could find ways to, to utilize that land. We're using like 10% of it right now. Yes. Um, so I guess you're kind of thinking the same, like if I get into one, I'll have the community, the knowledge base, yeah. I'll know how to do it. Might as well just do more. Yes. That's, like, that's the plan. And then with the gas station one, because it's uh, like the valuation is completely based on your net income, then yeah. you figure out a way, okay, how do I increase the net income of it? One is uh, like, because the gas part is like the, well, the gas station doesn't yeah. really make a lot of money through the selling the gas. No, it's pretty much a break even, right? Yeah, it's just it's just well, a little bit. It makes more, a little bit of money. Yeah, but. yeah, definitely like makes, but not like with the scale of what you want to, you know, end up buying for it. Yeah. So let's say, for example, uh, right now uh, we are making uh, because we have a deal with the company where we redid our contract. Now we have a fixed commission on all of our gas, so I don't really buy the gas. So I, in technical terms, but you just get I, a spread on it, or yeah. So I have kind of rented out my tanks to the fuel company. Mm -hmm. And the, I just get a fixed commission for keeping their gas in my tanks and selling it. Okay. Yeah. So that's the kind of a one we have. So I make roughly around uh, seven cents, give or take, on okay. uh, every liter that we sell. So in a day, we sell around uh, 13 to 14,000 right now. That's what we are averaging every day. But there's a, so like in the 13 to 14,000 does include some diesel, which has higher commission. So diesel has higher commission. Yeah. But overall, it's kind of around like seven is kind of average that we get around. Seven cents per seven liter. cents per liter on yeah. fourteen thousand, including their diesel and your gas. Yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. fourteen thousand liters. So that works out to be just shy of a thousand a day on correct, the gas. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that's on that part, and then the uh, the few the sales inside the store are we are roughly around uh, twenty five hundred per day inside mm -hmm. the store. So there is a margin of around uh, twenty five to thirty percent, depending on which item has a higher sale that day. Okay. So. Uh, and then, so that's the store part. But now where someone is already inside the store or at the gas station, yeah. how can I get them into my restaurant? Because then the restaurant could also have a margin. Yes. And I, this is the synergy. Like you said, if they're already there, yeah. oh, let's go inside, use the washroom. Oh, we'll grab some snacks. Uh, so you start to get all that. So so you're looking at, if you're 25% on 2,500, yeah. you're about 625 on on what you're making mm -hmm. in the store. In the store. And then you're also another 980 on the gas yeah. itself. And I, yeah, and then the... Food we have on a daily average sales because it's uh, we have the restaurant name it's Asado Burrito and it's a store that the previous owner kind of did from ground zero he had a pizza pizza in there so it's not a chain it's not a chain he had a pizza pizza in there so he kind of paid them off get them out of the yeah. place because he wasn't making any margin so he developed this store uh, like it's a Mexican and, and Indian fusion a unique product people okay. really love it from the town uh, and then so that has a we have an average sale of around uh, twelve to thirteen hundred per day from that. 12 to 1300 so oh so you own it and this guy's operating it no i own it completely you own it completely i have just... registered i have actually trademarked the like the name and everything okay else. Yeah. so it's a 1300 dollar per day in per there day. yeah and, and then, uh what kind of margins are you on that so on that one we are roughly around 45 to 50 percent so that's another 585 a day yeah. so total daily i mean and we're going to get into how these yeah. numbers sort of look but so uh, 585 plus 625 yeah. plus another 980 on the gas. That's about 2190 yeah. in gross profit coming in on yes. a daily. So that's sort of like if we were to do, you know, my typical spreadsheet mm -hmm. look, that's where we're starting. Yeah. Uh, it's just that's not a monthly. That's a daily figure. That's a daily figure. So we would just have to take that 2190 times 365 mm -hmm. divided by 12. And that works out to monthly rent <laughs> of uh, 66000 Yeah. So, uh, high cash flow business. Yeah, high cash but, flow. But also, you've got your operating expenses yes. that we have not factored yes. yet. Yes. So let's go through some of those. Like on that property, what are you looking at for a annual taxes on a place like that? Uh, we have uh, from the property tax around uh, fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand. I thought it'd be worse. Okay, so that's not too bad. Insurance, you probably got a fairly big bill. Yes, uh, we have right now. Just because I'm new to the business, so I pay almost 20,000 for the year. But after, in my second year, it will go down to like 14. Yeah. And then the after okay. two years, they kind of drop it down to six or 7,000. So it's going to go down. Yeah. Okay. And then what about maintenance? Uh, what kind of maintenance do you have to do on the tanks? And are you paying for out of pocket? No, we Nothing? just, because based on our contract, there's not a little yeah. order. But something if breaks down, let's say in a machine where you kind of mm -hmm. 
paid at the machine and something if that breaks down yeah that's something would i have to repair but so far nothing has happened yet i own it from like almost four five months now okay nothing has happened yet but if it does go down each uh like uh repair would cost me somewhere around 1500 bucks 1500 per machine if they break like if something happens i know happened. that's a minimum cost yeah it's gonna be a what are you looking at if you to replace the tanks when the day comes to dig them up, uh-huh. take them out, put the new ones in, and do you have to test it when you do that? Yeah, you have. Okay, to test so it. you're looking at another twenty five thousand to yeah, test. Easily, excavation's probably going to be another twenty five, thirty five. Yeah. Uh, then you got to redo your parking lot. Yes. Yeah. So uh, what are you into? Like seventy five thousand to replace them? You, I would say yeah, go up to ninety once we replace yeah. all of them. Yeah. So 90,000. This is one thing I want to make sure is captured in our Mm -hmm. maintenance number is that you pretty much have to take 90,000 and divide it by 10 years. Yes. So whatever it's going to be, if you're thinking 10%, you also want to add on what is 90,000 divided by 10 years. It's going to be 9,000 a year. So, I mean, we need to make sure that the maintenance number here shows up at over 10,000 a year. Yeah, for sure. And then not only that, like this is a small, small things that could, because now you are operating three different, like there's a convenience store, gas station and a restaurant. So something could go off once in a while everywhere. So there's a lot of miscellaneous that we have to account for. Yeah. Yeah, you really do have to uh, be paying attention. Yeah. Okay. So I just wanted to get my numbers corrected here. So let's just make sure. So basically you're going to be looking at, I don't know, still like if we run 5% maintenance, that's 40 grand a year. Yeah. That's more than enough to cover what you're going to spend, I think. You probably won't even be that much. Maybe you'll be more like, but then again, we also have to think, who's mopping the floors in the store like you you're paying somebody to do yeah. that so for that reason we could obviously yeah it then, add, yeah uh, it kind of adds up from there like what do you pay for employees for that location so, in a year so uh, most of them are on uh, like 16 to 17 dollar range per mm-hmm. hour okay and then we have one person in uh, restaurant side for 11 hours that's what the timing for it so per day 11 hours so 11 hours times, say, well, by the time you do source deductions, yeah, like yeah. so then you are looking 21, at 21, 20 to 9, yeah, 20 to $21. Yeah. Hour. So then times basically, so let's do it in man hours. Mm. Uh, how many man hours in a year? 2000 between all the employees? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, so let's just say 2000 times $21 mm. on average to just simplify it. That's $42,000 in salaries. Does that sound about right for yeah. the year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's your employees figure. And then so that'll allow us to bring our maintenance number down a bit. So 2.5% say mm-hmm. that that's about 20 grand. Yeah. Um, what about utilities, gas? So utilities, we pay uh, right now, both uh, hydro and gas combined somewhere around uh, 1400 per month. Okay, yeah, equals 1400 times 12. Okay, so that's them together. And then any sort of like landscaping, uh, snow removal contracts. Uh, yes, yeah, we have the snow removal contract. That's for the winter. So that's kind of rough 5,000 for the... 5,000. Yeah. Okay. And then who takes care of your grass? I guess we... Uh, like, so it's not a lot because it's most of it is already done. It's yeah. pretty... Yeah, it's like uh, like we had... The, like the previous owner had it. Like grass is in very limited area. So there's very little so grass. Just very little just to Just send grass. somebody out with a yeah, lawnmower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So All right. that could be easily done, yeah. Okay, so then I'll just leave a miscellaneous there mm-hmm. for a thousand bucks for yeah, things just, I'm not yeah, thinking about. Yeah. Uh, any other costs that I'm not thinking of here? Uh, I would Technology, say, subscriptions. Uh, there's just... Uh, there's a... I think there's a Wi-Fi, which is hundred bucks per month that we have mm-hmm. in there. And then a lot of it uh, is uh, now, yeah, but the back end of technology part is mm-hmm. taken care by the company, which supplies the gas because most of it is. Yeah. So they cover a lot yeah, of that so stuff. So it, it limits stuff. your. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thrown in some extra, like I just put in 1% for management, yeah. which, which equates to 8,000 on the year. Yeah. That'll give you some breathing yeah. room to just yeah. add in some stuff. Okay. So then what's the purchase price or investment to get you to this point where you're at now so we uh we got this one for around uh, 3.6 million mm-hmm. and we bought the with the corporation so we kind of saved on uh, like roughly 70 80 000 on the land mm-hmm. transfer tax through that yeah and then uh, so yeah so we put in 35 percent down okay yeah and then did you add anything mm-hmm. beyond like in terms of renovations or so far yeah, none nothing okay so i'm gonna yeah we're gonna come to the renovation point because we have some plans in the place so when we mm-hmm. uh, so yeah so that's 35 percent mortgages with rbc mm-hmm. uh one year fixed term one year fixed yeah oh interesting so um what kind of rate are they yeah, offering uh, we had around uh 6.8 percent 
6.8. Yeah. And do you think they'll be about the same when you renew? Yeah, it's yeah. either going to be same or it's just going to be, I think, yeah, more yeah. or less, I'll be looking at the same as of now. The last time I spoke to them, that's what we yeah. are looking at, yeah. Like, just to put this into context, and I know you did some stuff yeah. here. Like, obviously, it's just like you said, you're looking for ways that yeah. you could cleverly increase your income, right? Yes. So get people inside, sell them stuff. Mm-hmm. Get them into the restaurant, sell them more yes, stuff. Yes. Um, and by doing that, mm-hmm. like I'm getting, so just to run through the expenses yeah. again, I got 15,000 in taxes, mm-hmm. insurance, 20,000. Yep. Maintenance, I got at about 20,000. Management, I got about 8,000 here mm-hmm. just to allow for, you know, incidental yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. Electric and water, 16, eight, um, and, and gas. Mm-hmm. And then we've got landscaping snow, 5,000. We've got employees at 42,000. And miscellaneous for a, a thousand. Yeah. Now, granted, you might say, "Hey, employees, maybe you spend more than that." Yeah, employees are definitely more than that. I would yeah, say, say like sixty, eighty thousand a year. Yeah, I would let's, go up to eighty. Easy. Let's go to eighty thousand yeah. just to be conservative mm-hmm. here. So, on a three point six million dollar purchase price, that's a seventeen point six percent cap rate. Like, yeah. that's. Yeah. We had it, yeah, like we had <laughs> <laughs> so like because uh, what when we got it, I think restaurant sales were around uh, seven to eight hundred per day. Yeah, and then there has been a uptake uh, from last uh, four or five months because this eventually when we started when we bought the when yeah. we started the negotiation uh, for the property when we put in the offer it was mm-hmm. last year in uh, like Feb last year this time and yeah. then we closed the property in almost like November. Okay. So there was a huge time in the yeah. meantime, like whatever happens, like, like by chance or some sales kind of took up because mm. we renewed the contract in the middle of the year, which played a huge factor where uh, as per our new contract, because there was some corporate owned stores in the city itself yeah. by the same company, which supplies us the fuel and they had the lowest yeah. price. So if you see the Pioneer gas station, they always has the lowest price in the entire city because they are corporate owned, most of them. Oh, so so... so yours won't be the lowest price so so then with the as per our new contract which we did that allows you to get cheaper gas yeah which my price now has to match with the corporate owned store oh okay now my like my volume went up in the middle of the year but we have already formed the deal at that point but i mean i think for you the big the big thing is getting people to your gas station to go inside buy stuff and buy food yes and that's where the factor was like okay we he when he was negotiating the contract the previous owner i was with him throughout the time like okay we might, because if you really look at, like, I can, uh, if I buy the gas in a, through a regular contract, if I buy the gas myself, I can literally price it out whatever I wanted it to be. and But that kind of suppress your sales day to day and kind of reduces the mm-hmm. foot traffic into your store. Yeah, so well. you want to keep it aggressive. So we wanted to, like, okay, you know, gas part doesn't make us a lot of money anyway. Mm-hmm. Why don't we use it as an incentive for people to get into our store? Which is, yeah. made, which well, is it's not that money. it makes you nothing. It's yeah. still making you almost a thousand, yeah. um, like, gross profit. Correct. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. yeah. So wow. our, yeah, restaurant. So the gas sales previously were around rolling around eight thousand. So now it's slowly going up month yeah. by month. So now we are at a point I where we are it. doing average, uh, like you know, thirteen to fourteen thousand per day. To think that you can come into a business that you've never done before and and immediately increase the income mm-hmm. by just thinking about it uh, through deductive reasoning, like how can I increase my yeah. income? How am I going to compete against these people? It's like asking the simple questions. Yes. And you didn't have a business school education. No, I did not have no, yeah. no business school education. This was like this, yeah. the, my previous owner, like shout out to him. He gave me a lot of help into it. Cause the he previous was, owner? Yeah, yeah, previous, yeah, he was planning to keep it to him. But that guy eventually had uh, one big gas station in Oakville. Yeah. And then he has one big one that he's building in Brampton now. Okay. And then in his Oakville one, right behind it, uh, he had a Tim's there. So he got the Tim's out from that location. Now he's building a Marriott. Yeah. There. So that guy has his hands yeah. full. So he's like, okay, let me just offload some of it. <laughs> so he yeah. didn't have any reason to like really wanted to sell it. Eventually, I just, uh, but then eventually just his, his other business avenues got like way too mm-hmm. big. He's like, okay, I really need to shift my focus onto. Yeah. So one thing I want to dig in on a mm. bit here is is the ninety thousand to swap the tanks out. Yeah. I think I think that there's potentially room for that to cost more. Well, yeah. Now, what it do you think? Yeah. You know, in a worst case scenario, what do you think it might cost you? Um, like, do you know the specific area of your parking lot? It's under. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, is yeah. it how destructive is it that you don't have to rip up your machines? You no. Just, so so like the yeah. it's placed in a way where it is way far from your machine yeah. area. Okay. So you don't have to mess. So with you all don't that. have to. See, so it's or it's in one of our it's one of the parking lots. Sections. Okay. That's where it is actually yeah. located. So if we have to do it, that's where the area we mm-hmm. have to dig it. Because this, as I saw, this gas yeah. station was built just mm-hmm. a few years back, 
a brand new and then uh, they were very uh, like yeah. you know aware of what would happen right. so that's where it's like it was done yeah so they they did it in a smart way i'm yeah. sure there's some gas stations and i've seen it where they had to rip all the pumps out and yeah, all that stuff happens, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so like, yeah, but even, even if was, we wanted to be more conservative yeah. and say like let's take maintenance up from 2.5 yeah. which is 20,000 mm-hmm. up to like 4 or 5% yes. which is about 40 Correct. a and, year yeah. then that gives you an allocation of money. It's not that you're paying that every year. Yeah. It's just money set aside to go Correct. do that later yeah. on. Yeah. And then also from the like the labor point, we have where right now we are going 24-7. So gas station wasn't 24-7 till yeah. this point. So you're going to start spending more on salaries. So I'm going to spending more on salaries. Okay. So let's let's take the salaries up yeah. to 120 a year. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah. That, that's where it's going to end up once we go. Okay. Not the restaurant, just the gas station part. We're going to go okay. that part. So, yeah. so you might, okay, so let's just say hypothetically, this is where we're at. Now we're looking at just shy of 16% cap rate. Got it. So it's still, um, still a very attractive number compared to most of what people are looking yeah. at in Ontario. Um, can, can anybody go out and find a deal like this or is this a unicorn? Uh, it's a basically, uh, like gas station usually doesn't come on, uh, say like you won't find them on an MLS or anything, any platform. Like you'll find some of them, but I think most of them are in a private sale. And what's to stop me from going out and finding a corner that's zoned uh-huh. and uh, buying it and building my own gas station? I think uh, just because the just the amount of regulation you have to go through. Might regulation just, is yeah, probably the big just, thing. The, it's just a huge part because that's where like, you know, you like the I know the previous owner he does is he's into building as well. The one he's building into Brampton, he told me he's uh, almost got his approvals done now. And now uh, it took yeah. him almost like three years just to wait for everything to get like, yeah. lined up. Because then you are, because uh, the, there's a huge incentive in the gas station part. So let's say in my, uh, I'll come down to that renovation point that we talked about. Mm-hmm. So I'm now, I don't know, renovating my store, convenience store. So now the company which I had redid the contract which supplies my, which is Parkland, which supplies my fuel. So now we got, uh, we spoke to them and then they said, okay, if you take our brand, which is mm-hmm. on the run, if you see this yellow sign. On the run, yeah, yeah, like SO. Yeah, yeah. SO, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so my gas station is also SO. So on the run, if I go with them mm-hmm. and take their brand name, in, internally, there's just few changes that they're going to brand the store, like some color changes mm-hmm. and all that. They're going to always automate a lot of our inventory system that we've been doing. So far, We it's completely our own. We have our own vendor. But if we go with on the run, uh, incentive they give us is like, hey, you get combined buying power of uh, yeah. on the run. So your kind of margins improve from their own. Plus it's a branded store kind of gets you a little bit more attraction and they have their own promotion that they run. So right now, yeah, yeah which is like, hey, you buy one item, you kind of get two of them for this price and those yeah, things yeah, yeah. happen with Parkland. So they like, okay, do those things. And the incentive that they gave to me in order to take their brand name is one, it's a 10 year deal. And second, they are upfront. They are giving me hundred thousand dollar that whatever the small renovation that's going to happen they'll uh, cover it could cover it yeah so potentially it's going to cover more than what we really needed because i when i when they initially did the contract they're like okay we'll completely like take it over took it apart and put it back together and now we when we were actually now i'm placing the order and doing those renovation i'm like oh this thing works i can just make some tweaks to it i'm mm-hmm. not going to move it because now i have to sell my existing stuff like shelvings and all that yeah yeah yeah. i'm like why would i do that you guys are going to put the same thing in there let's just try to make it use of it and they agreed on it they're going to reuse yeah they're going to use majority of our stuff so we just so like uh, on an average i think i'm looking at around 50 to 60k it's gonna actual cost of everything that they want us to change and they have they're giving me a hundred thousand okay so you're gonna have a nil investment on that in fact you're gonna get some money from it and then my the overall like my store gets a huge upgrade because of that yeah okay so let's keep going through some of these these numbers how it looks so 65 percent mortgage that's 200 or 2.34 million that means you're basically in for what 1.5 all all in yeah um, so 25 year AM, 6.8% mm. uh, works out to a monthly payment of over 16,000. Yeah, no, we are actually around uh, roughly 17,000 something. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah some, of the, some of the banks, they do a slightly different mortgage yeah, yeah. calculation, but yeah, we're in that ballpark. Um, so annual cash flow, 380, monthly mm. 31,000. Like that's a, that's a legitimate business. Um, obviously you had a pretty big down payment. Yeah. I'm going to put the, uh, you know, passive appreciation back at 2% on yeah. something like this. Although, mm-hmm. I mean, if somebody's valuing based on a cap rate, I can't imagine these things are selling at 15. I think you could probably sell it for a lot more than 3.6. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, that's, that's the way the plan is. That's why we want to get this store upgrade quickly. 
because yeah. they had the company ran some numbers they had their projection obviously they are overly yeah. optimistic a lot of time but i'm thinking okay yeah. like like i know the circle k store which is only branded store in that city yeah does almost uh, 35 to 4000 per day which city is this it's it's in uh, tilsonburg it's a small city tilsonburg yeah, i was city. born in tilsonburg yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's like so that's circle k so your like, yours oh. is in tilsonburg yeah mine is in tilsonburg yeah. so there's uh, yeah. the circle k does like almost $4000 per day insane okay so insane you have some store. aspirations so that's where i'm like okay yeah. i know that store very well but that's 24 7 it's a corporate owned store there yeah the, like the what pricing that they sell items are and what we sell mm-hmm. there is a difference in there because okay. they can afford to do it and that's where i'm like okay if i have a better buying power in terms of my inventory which is through uh, on the run then yeah. i might be able to you know let's just compete with that. them yeah compete with them in terms of pricing if not and then i go 24/7 along with them door to door see like where we end yeah. up yeah where in tilsonburg is is yours uh, so there's only one so in tilsonburg so it's uh, 124 tilson avenue tilson avenue yeah it's been so long i moved away from tilsonburg yeah. when i was 10 so there's uh, a home <laughs> hardware store right next to it there is a big car wash that's right next to it oh okay so like so, a, so if you go all the way down broadway and then turn yeah. left yeah yeah okay i know yeah. yeah it takes me back old tobacco <laughs> country um i grew up yeah just outside it's also very delmer is where i was uh my, my parents house mm-hmm. was so looking at your total return calculation so your annual pay down on that mortgage is mm-hmm. 43 oh just over 43,000. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. um your annual appreciation i got 72 in here and then return from cash flow is 380 yeah. which is a 28% cash on cash so for cash you have in the deal yeah which is uh just basically well you know you even have land transfer but you would have had legals you probably would have been like 10 yeah. 10 15 grand in legals uh, 20 20 yeah yeah Yeah, so we could just adjust this. We'll switch it out. 20 grand in legals, mm-hmm. zero for land transfer because you took the company. Yep. Your return on investment on an annual basis is 38%. I know that. That sounds number. pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I think uh, let me just go over some of the expenses. I'm pretty sure there must be some I might have missed something. Yeah, yeah, like So uh, so we could, you know, we could just add in or gross up, you know, that say yeah. say we gross up the management another 5, you know, yeah, to 5%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Now we bring the cap rate down to 15, uh cash flow is down to 30 total returns down at 36. Like it doesn't change it that much. Yeah, yeah. If there is other things you're missing, yeah, yeah. like Great, but we're not talking. There's a lot of money, uh, yeah. you know, still still going here. I've, like you said, there might mm-hmm. be the odd thing that we've missed. Yeah, we're yeah. doing this back of the envelope. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked about the regulation. That's obviously a a uh, a deterrent for somebody to get into yes, this. And I think a lot of people just look at it and just like they do with development, they mm-hmm. think that's too big. Yeah. Like that's too no, that's not for me. I'll I'll do a duplex. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, like here you are, you just say, oh, I know enough people who are doing this, yeah. which is that's how it happens. Like yes. you start talking to people who own them mm-hmm. and um and then it it seems demystified. Yes. So, one of the things that I would have a hard time with mm-hmm. is like if you sign a contract with say Circle K yeah. or any of these is what might be hidden in the fine print and what they might be able to make you do. For sure. It seems good now, but yeah. what if in 5 years you're not happy? Yes. Is there any out on that? So, like even though our previous contract that we had, we did do a out of that. So you can redo those contract. I think mm. after 50% of the contract is over, there mm. is a clause that allows you to redo it, but I don't think if I'm going to own it for that long to do it. You but, don't think you'll own it that long? No. So I, if you sell it then it just goes to whoever It's just next person takes it over. But yeah. uh like where we see the value cuz like as I said my eyes were on that what that circle K does. So but on my own I can't compete with it. So mm-hmm. this gives me a chance to you know go in that direction. Like hey like uh, is there a is there there might be some things that they were like hey because they already like I already went through details I'm like okay so they don't have any control on what I'm going to and price is going to be. So that's where I'm like, okay, that's why I want the freedom in. So I don't want them to come in. They're like, hey, you can only have 15% margin on these things. Yeah, yeah. So that's so that's part is very well clear. And then uh, the other, I think the, the few things is like they have some sort of uh, like, hey, these are the vendors that we want you to work with. Mm-hmm. But these are my existing vendor prices. So we did a price study with what they mm-hmm. have and what we have. They have a significantly better prices that what what I would get on my own. Mm-hmm. So there's a that's a huge factor that allows me to reduce some of my cost uh, and then kind of you know increase the play yeah. that yeah volume game in there. Uh, other than that, I think there would be some there's definitely going to be few things that they're going to be hey, like hey, you can only do like certain things I think cigarette they have a cap on the pricing. 
you capped yeah. well there's a lot of provincial regulation yeah, yeah, yeah. on that too right yeah so even from the company aspect they do like even the companies which would sell you cigarettes they want to keep their own cap as well especially the certain high selling mm-hmm. ones they like hey you can sell this one for more than this price like no matter what happens okay so you're super controlled yeah with, super, uh, yeah. for the cigarettes and then obviously the like the loto part is like you just have 8% yeah. straight up margin on them yeah imagine if they let it, let you start selling beer and stuff in <laughs> your store like that would totally change your product there is a, if you go from the tilsenburg towards the 401 there is a gas station so which went for 4.6 it has a lcbo in it yeah. yeah yeah it went for but it has a house as well on the yeah. property same property yeah so yeah. yeah it was like i think 1.7 acre ish property that yeah like the gas station is small mm-hmm. uh it's just only uh two pumps in there like overall the store is small but they have the lcbu and then the house that which, brings in so many people yeah yeah and yeah. then that kind of you know that's where it, like that one went for 4.6 just two years mm-hmm. back Well, I mean, sure. There's plenty of people listening to this episode that are going to be researching how to buy a gas station tonight, because <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this in a market where you're scratching your head and so many things, thinking, yeah. how am I going to make this work? It's the people who go and do the things that other people think is, oh, that's out of my reach, yes. that really get rewarded for it. Um, I would say that there's some hazard pay built into the margins that people in gas stations make. I would expect to see the cap rates higher because there's the risk of what if there is a leak? Whose responsibility yes. is it to clean it? Mm-hmm. It's yours. Yeah. That's why you got to get paid very well mm-hmm. so that you can bank up that money yeah. in case something yes. ever happens. I think, and then those things does uh, like you know more often than not you will run into issues where like that you might not have any expense. Let's say for a maintenance issue for a year, but then the next but then year it comes it happens, and it comes and big. All of a sudden it's big. yeah, it comes and it comes big, right? Yeah. So it's not all sun shine and rainbows yeah. it but you do get compensated for being willing to go into that business yeah. to know that you need to manage your cash flow and you have to have a reserve fund set yeah. aside in case something happens i have almost 100000 that we have like we have a lot of like because banks uh, like the rbc did give us uh, operating line of credit as well yeah. and then other than that also i do keep some safe amount for that yeah. because you know So things could happen. It's just a like you know. It's the nature of the business. It's the nature of the business. Which anybody have. like mm-hmm. I talked about this a lot early on in this podcast. Like structuring your business in a way that you can sleep at night. Yes. What are some of the things you do? Like having a hundred grand yeah. available is probably one of them. Yeah. Are there other things that help you sleep well, knowing you have this asset? So like uh, other than that, I think uh, there's a lot of safeguards that I have built into when we got it. One is of course. Uh, like in terms of day to day functioning of it cuz now i'm really focused on uh, developing my realtor business as well so my wife has taken over the complete management uh yeah i was going to ask you we didn't even ask that how much time of yours and and your wife's is this gas station so my majority of time is my wife's uh i only go there twice a week like she's on site a lot she's on site at least uh Three to four days in a week, and that's minimum. a two-hour drive for her. Uh, one hour both ways, yeah, from Kitchener to Tilsenburg. One hour from Kitchener to Tilsenburg. Yeah, it's is like she four. flying? I <laughs> <laughs> four, four into one, the yeah. Tilsenburg airport there. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, but yeah, that's it's like a one-hour drive one way, but that's yeah. where she kind of takes on. But a lot of things is like uh, like most of our vendors we have, especially for the restaurant part, are locals. Yeah. So they deliver to the restaurant so we kind of automate try to automate as much yeah. as we can in that point of view and our restaurant is doesn't require a lot of us hold for us to hold a lot of yeah. inventory as well it's just a burritos most of the right, yeah. so we got up like the chicken uh, and then the beef and all that stuff that we pick locally that's the only thing that kind of keep yeah. refreshing every few days does your wife like do you pay her a salary or does she just take dividends like you do so so far like we haven't discussed that point but she's probably just going to take up the dividends dividends yeah. yeah so you you guys own it together yeah yeah, yeah. um What do you do you feel that it's worth it? I mean, cuz mm-hmm. look at the numbers as they they appear here. It looks like it's worth the time to invest. Yeah. But do you feel like you're sort of married to it? Is there a way that you could hire out management to oh, yeah. to the whole thing and would you feel like that's a a comfortable thing to do? Like, you know, you 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 pay pay 15% in management. I don't know mm-hmm. what it would take. Um do you have a sense on what that would take and if it's even feasible? So I what I'm really looking for is uh like one of the one of my existing employees we were really uh working with him now he is really uh big into the restaurant business I'm like hey like let's uh, sit down and figure out a way how we're going to grow our existing restaurant business because that's has the highest margin that we have mm-hmm. in our, the entire business pool and if uh, I would start Uh, the management part is from towards more leaning towards the restaurant side because gas mm. side and convenience is more so 
automated as long as there's someone. So it's pretty there. automated. Yeah. It's, there's not a lot. It's very similar to any other Correct. store, but the restaurant's unique. Yeah, yeah, restaurant is unique. And that's where the most of the growth mm. opportunity that we have is like, hey, how do we get innovative where people who comes into our store, uh, what sort of promotion do we do for them that they kind of, you know, like mm. there's a huge foot, like, you know, footstep in there where people are like, how can we just promote our new, pro like existing product or new product from the restaurant to the everyone who pumps gas at the station. Mm. So that's right and the challenging part from the marketing perspective where I don't have to go and found the people. I already have people coming to my place. I just have to figure out how do I sell them my restaurant product. Mm -hmm. that's the challenge we so have get in and, front yeah. of them. so that's where i'm like okay if anyone can help me with that and that's the person who's gonna take over the complete yeah. management i'm willing to give him over whatever it takes so that's yeah. because we are focused on the point where like hey this is the restaurant is yeah. our cash cow now that's where we want to focus and grow it seems like the whole business is a cash cow but it also is a, com a huge commitment of your time yes, yes. and your wife's time yes, right yes. so yeah that, there's definitely room to maybe hire that out if yep. you know but it's it's going to have to be done carefully yes but this is one of those things where i think if you want to grow which i think would be really cool to own a bunch of them yeah but you got to find a way to, to automate some of that yes yeah definitely i think yeah automation is a huge part but once you get into it just because the initial capital cost is very high and now huge. yeah now what i'm getting into is i've already checked out a few of them there is one nearby windsor is a petro canada someone bought it for their son son eventually bailed out on it uh, and now the the gas station is run in a way where like let's say it's sometime you would go there on monday it's closed entire day oh okay yeah. so those kind of things does happen in gas station just because one capital incentive you can't just hold on to this asset mm -hmm. like if you can run it efficiently it's just gonna drown you I yeah. I know of a guy yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna give any specifics but he would regularly run out of gas yeah yeah, yeah so like those things happen. that's yeah. not good yeah yeah, yeah. so like <laughs> so that's where my next opportunity is is like that was the initial plan when we got into it is like hey find something which runs really well run yeah. the basics of business from that mm -hmm. and once you are comfortable with like how there's a growth yeah, of the then business you grow world, then you go look for those opportunities yeah. where like hey this that so that gas station it's a like it's almost in a one acre of land it's in a city called Lemington and then yeah. it has a car wash store and they have a food franchise of like a small scale but they hardly run any of them they are most of them it's closed you're saying a lot of words that are like car washes <laughs> that's two words uh, i like those yeah yeah so that part and then that one went there when the guy is willing to sell it for uh two million 1.8 to 2 million with the car wash gas with station the, with the car wash along with the restaurant as well inside but our condition is we want is it on the market it's uh, not on the market it's private i was about to say how is this not sold <laughs> <laughs> it's private sale uh, yeah. but the problem is the income of the gas station doesn't justify even two million right now right but the car wash the, yeah well what condition is the car wash in is it base because if restaurant doesn't work how does the car wash work people well, I mean, it's, car wash is like car wash is like self storage. Yeah, people self -storage. go to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I know. People but, go to it. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. go, but that's where I thought as well. But when yeah. I went in there, I went there uh, so far a few times in there, yeah. and then most of the time there's something wrong with car wash. It's not working. So, so major management challenges. Yes, that's one of those things where if you bought it, you'd have to like put giant billboards, new ownership. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. New management. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's gonna definitely gonna need some PR. It's work. gonna take some time. Yeah, it's yeah, gonna, to yeah. fix that. A year, yeah. a year would uh, you need a year to stabilize it, mm -hmm. and then you're gonna go back to the bank to like refi it. Yeah, so you you'd almost have to come in with private money, yeah, private money or yeah. Yeah, it was something like that sort in order to buy it. They're willing to do VTB yeah. as well, but then How we much? had some uh, so last time I told them like, hey, I want like eighty percent VTB. Ooh, I like it. Uh, and then uh, the owner said like. 50 is what they are comfortable with right now. So get them to go into second position. Uh, like that's what we are. That's what we yeah. are considering in there. But then uh, the restaurant that's in there, that's a franchise. So I told them like, hey, I'm going to get him. You're going to get me this, get this restaurant out. I'm mm -hmm. going to move my own one, which I'm very comfortable oh, okay, with how yeah. we do it. It's very little to no inventory that we need to maintain yeah. for it. And that's the one we want to bring in. So like, there's just a lot of things that we're going back and forth. Hopefully it gets sorted out. If not, like I'm not in a huge rush to it because I know he yeah. is stuck with it so yeah. so is this just like the money that's burning a hole in your pocket from gas station one that you're like okay i need to invest <laughs> yeah yeah that's, okay that's gonna be for a year yeah. until you stabilize it because it's just yeah. it takes time to build a trust for yeah. a business like that which cool. has been you know losing money day to day okay this is a super cool conversation uh, was there anything that you wanted to share that i haven't asked you about uh no i think yeah so that's the business part i would really wanted to discuss this is the first time i've actually discussed in this kind of detail 
Yeah, yeah you know what? We haven't done that on the show, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. And because uh, I thought, you know, I've always looked at gas stations and thought, well, like, there's a lot of liability there. Mm. Why would somebody want to do this? They must make really good money. Yeah. And now yeah. you've told me about it. Uh, and, and this is what I suspected. So that's um, that's awesome. Mm. Uh, great sounding numbers. Um, okay, so Mohit, if people wanted to follow you, uh, learn more about you or reach out to you, where do we send them? Uh, so the, the, more, the two uh, platforms which I'm really active on is LinkedIn and Instagram. So you can just search my name, Mohit Kanyan, and you could be able to find me. Okay. Yeah, if you want to fire me the links, I can put yeah, them in the show. You did? You okay, the, so yeah. I'll put them in the yeah. show notes then. Um, yeah, and uh, it's great meeting you. Thanks for coming down here. And um, I definitely want to get you back and hear about this next new deal. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Mohit. Thank you. There are a lot of people out there talking about the infinite banking strategy and whether or not it makes sense for them. To find out what it's all about and if it's a fit for you, visit controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines, where my audience can gain exclusive access to books, podcasts, and webinars tailor-made for real estate investors.